0: Well, as we get ready for the word of God this morning, you guys ready for a good word this morning? Come on, you guys do not sound awake. Come on. It's a great day. We're celebrating Thanksgiving and we got free food after. If there's any reason to praise God, there's two reasons. One, here's the first reason. Hot dogs are still $1.50 at Costco. Amen. And second, we have free food at church. We give God some praise today. Amen. (laughs) As we go to Luke chapter 5, Beginning at verse 1, I want to preach from this story that is quite familiar, but I noticed something different. So I want to give you a Thanksgiving Day message with a twist. Can I twist it a little? We all know we have to be thankful, amen? not what I'm teaching today. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. The Word of God says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake, Of the garrisons of the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the the enter. sorry, he saw at the water's edge there were two boats who were left there by fishermen. They were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him, Put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and talked to people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out now and go deeper and let down your nets for a catch. Love that Jesus said that. Let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. But because you said so, I will let down my nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me. Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John and the son of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled, they pulled their boats up to shore and left everything to follow Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, bless this word in Jesus' name. As we go into this Thanksgiving Day service and message, we're living in difficult times. But maybe being thankful, Lord, is something that's completely not even in our mindset right now. But Father, I just pray that this morning you would see that you are still God in control. And Father, we just pray that you would bless this word in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You guys can have a seat as we get into this special Thanksgiving Day message. The title of today's message is, But There's a Catch. Come on, say that with me. But there's a catch. You see, the word catch has a few different definitions. One of them is obviously a fishing term, when you catch a fish. Another one is a romantic term that I can relate to because I have a beautiful wife and she's a catch. Amen? She's a catch. But another definition for the word catch is a hidden problem or a complication. And most of the time when something is too good to be true, how many of you know there's a what? There's a catch. And in our lives, sometimes there's a catch to serving God. And it may not always be easy. You may go through hard times. But here's the catch about serving God. He will bless your life like nothing on this earth. He will set you free like you've never experienced. And God has a plan for your life. And I believe that even now in the midst of our lives, there's a catch that God has for your life. And some of you may be going through hard times. You may be going through unfair circumstances. You may be suffering from pain and loss in your life. But I believe, according to the story we just read, that even though there's all these hidden problems in our lives, God has a catch. He has a blessing in store for your life and a purpose for where you're at exactly in your life. And I thought about this just this week. This week was supposed to be an amazing week for me. It was supposed to be a week that I planned for months. See, it was Jericho's birthday. We planned to go to Orlando. We planned to have, to go to Disney for free everyone. We got free Tickets because my wife hustled and she called Disney and did something, and she got free tickets to Disney. And we got the hotel, and I said, Man, it's gonna be so great just to get away from you guys and get away and just just enjoy just you and me together, enjoying your birthday in Disney. We had everything planned. I had everything scheduled. It was gonna be amazing. We're gonna leave on this time, we're gonna go here, do this, eat that. I was gonna break my diet. That's how great this week was going to be. I'm breaking it today. But I had it all planned out. And then a hurricane. Have you ever heard of a hurricane in November? And I wasn't sure what was going to happen, and, but all of a sudden, the time came that we had to cancel and everything i planned did not happen and everything i expected did not occur and it was a rough week because i said well at least at least we we can still have a good week and be at home and everything and all of a sudden We had this idea, let's just go to the grocery store. Let's just buy something bad to eat. Let's just enjoy this night. And as I was driving a block away from the grocery store, a lady just crashes into my car and totals it. Not a good week for your pastor. We were okay. Everything just went crazy. I'm dealing with a storm. I'm dealing with a crash. I'm dealing with failed expectations and plans, and nothing was going right. Can I get a witness this morning? Have you ever felt like that in your life? And to be honest, I said, God, I love you. I serve you, but you make no sense right now. I was just asking for a good week, but it wasn't happening. Let me tell you something that God did prior to this terrible Wednesday night. Because it was Wednesday that I canceled my trip. It was Wednesday that I got into a car accident. But it was Wednesday morning that my neighbor, this crazy Jamaican guy, out of nowhere calls me over and says, hey, I have something for you. Come here. And me being me, I was like, okay. You ever know why I got kidnapped? That's me. Because I'm just going over. And this Jamaican guy says, hey, I want to give you this. And he gave me this. And I said, what is it? And this guy, true story. I'm not making this up. He looks at me and he goes, you look like an island boy. And I was like, I do? He's like, yeah, man. You look like an island boy. You look like you like the island fruit, yeah? And I was like, yeah, I do. He goes, yeah, I want to give you this. And he gives it to me. And I said, what is it? He goes, it's the best fruit you've ever had. And I said, oh man. He goes, just plant it and watch. And I said, okay. And as this Jamaican guy, he gives me this seed, this, this weird looking seed. He said, just remember Right now, don't eat it. And I said, why? He goes, oh, it's red. And this particular fruit, when it's red, it'll kill you. And I said, What? He said, yes, you have to wait because right now that red color is telling you that it's bitter, it's bad, it will bring pain to your body and it can even, it can send you to the hospital and kill you. And I said, okay, and I took it. And he said, but wait. Give it time. Because when it changes color, And it turned orange. It is going to be amazing. Sweet. And the best fruit you ever had, mom. And I said, what if I'm colorblind? And I poisoned myself. I wasn't going to risk it. I just threw it in the cup holder of my car. Let's fast forward that night. My total car. Canceled trip. Hurricane. Failed plan. When I was inside that wrecked car in my in-laws house, I said, Lord, I thank you that I'm alive. We just thank God for that. I said, Lord, I thank you that I'm alive. And I thank you that we're saved. But Lord, why do you gotta make things so hard? What I pray. Why do you have to make things so hard? I trust you. I believe in you. And I'm thankful to be saved. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful for the blessings of God. But God, to be honest with you, why is life so difficult? Sometimes. And then I looked at the couple, And there was this truth. The Lord impressed in my heart at that very night. You're just going through a bitter time. And things may be bad right now. But like that fruit, if you wait and trust me, it could change to something amazing. This is what God does in our lives. It feels like God has handed you something better, amen? It feels like God has just allowed a bad circumstance in your life. And you don't understand what God is doing. Why are you giving this to me? Why are you telling me this? Why am I going through this? And God will put you through a bitter season, a bad circumstance something that causes pain to your life just like this fruit right now. But God is also a God that says, it's not bitter forever. It's not bad for life. If you would just wait upon God, if you would just trust in Jesus, you will see things turn around. You will see things change. And God has a way of putting you to a place of amazement. And even as I hold this fruit right now, already, as I turn it, it's already turning orange. It wasn't like that on Wednesday. But see, with time, God has a way of changing things. And maybe it's hard for you to be thankful on this Thanksgiving Day year. And maybe you're dealing with a lot of bitterness. You're dealing with a lot of bad situations. But if you can just trust in the Lord's love and timing, He has a way of changing things that would amaze you. But you have to trust Him. And I believe that Peter At that moment, he was going through a bitter time. See, Peter, he had his own plans. He had his own expectations. Peter said, let's go out fishing, boys. Today's going to be a good day. We're going to catch. We're going to make money. We're going to buy this. Our business is going to boom. So he got ready to set out. And the Bible says he went fishing all night long. All night he was tossing the net and coming back empty. Tossing the net and coming back empty. And it reminds me a lot of us. We go through life thinking this is going to work and we get disappointed. Maybe this is going to make me happy and we get disappointed. Maybe this is going to give me purpose and we come back disappointed. And all night long, Peter was just failing. Peter was just being disappointed. Peter was catching nothing. Not a single fish. So Peter was dealing with failed expectations, failed plans. He's frustrated. He's tired. He's disappointed because he has no fish. I don't know what that's like because I always get fish, but a lot of the men in my church don't. Sometimes they don't get anything at all, and it must be hard, guys. But listen, Peter was there, empty. I wonder this morning, If you feel like Peter, you're saying, Pastor, it just feels like I'm frustrated all the time. It feels like life is just hard and and all my plans and everything I thought would work hasn't worked out for me. And I'm coming up short and I'm coming up empty. But the Bible says that Jesus saw Peter. He saw his empty vault. And I never picked up on that because I realized this is for someone today because you may be going through disappointment and setbacks and failures and failed plans and frustration and thinking what's going to happen to my life, my future, nothing's working and I'm tired and I'm angry. But Jesus sees you right now. He sees the emptiness of your boat. He sees the emptiness of your heart. He sees the emptiness of your life. He sees what you're missing. He sees what you're lacking. And Jesus has a plan for your life. And He sees Peter in that shore, tired, frustrated. but Jesus just steps in. And we all focus on this part of the story. Jesus steps in and Peter catches all these fish and it's wonderful. And this is what we always preach that Jesus has the way of blessing your life and Jesus has the way of doing so much for you if you just let him in your life. But that is not the truth of the whole story. You see, Peter had all these fish he caught because Jesus told him, go out deeper. Trust me. Peter cut all these fish because Jesus told him, go deeper and trust in me. Look at verse 6 with me. Peter got all these fish. His problems are over. He got the biggest load of fish he's ever had in his life. He has more money than he can count. His business is the highest it's ever been. He's going to be the envy of everyone in that fishing village. He can retire and be happy. But notice what happens in verse 6.
1: When they had
0: done so, they caught such a large number of fish in their nets. But their nets began to what? To break. We never focused on this problem. Because those nets were falling apart. Those nets were falling apart because of all the tension it was under. Those nets were falling apart because of all the pressure it was enduring. And because of all the tension and weight and pressure of that net, it began to break it began to fall apart. And Peter was on the verge of losing everything. When I read that in this passage, I imagine that that net is a picture of so many of your life. I wonder how many of you feel the tension in your life. How many of you have some tension right now in your life? How many of you can say, I know what it is to be under pressure? To have it feels like all this weight is on me and I can't carry it anymore. And like that net, so many people are reaching their breaking point. And that breaking point is enough to say I'm on the verge of losing everything. And when I read that, I said, Lord, this doesn't make any sense. Why would you bless Peter with all of these fish to have him just lose it? Why would you give Peter all of these fish and have it just fall apart and have him miss everything? Does it ever feel like that in your life, that God can bless you with something and then just take it away? I thought about that just yesterday. We were praying for my cousin's child who's just a few months old and in critical condition in the hospital. And I said, Lord, why would you bless her with a baby and then just take her away? It's like saying, Lord, why would you bless me with a job and then take it away? God, why would you bless me with a marriage and then just have it fall apart? Why would you bless me in this life and do this to me where I'm about to lose it? And this is that moment that Peter must have been confused. Lord, why would you bless me with all of these fish and allow all of this pressure that's going to cause me to break and lose it? And maybe that's what it feels like this year in your Thanksgiving. It feels like you're at your breaking point in your marriage. And you're on the verge of just losing her and losing him because of your choices. And you're just thinking about divorce. Maybe it's with your own children. And you're reaching a breaking point with your kids that you just want to give up and let the world have them. They're making all of these terrible choices and ruining their own lives. And you're at a breaking point where you're saying, I don't know what to do anymore. Maybe you're reaching that breaking point with your home. And the bills are piling up and the finances are too much and we're on the verge of losing our house. You're on the verge of reaching a breaking point with your job and you're about to lose it. You're about to lose your peace. You're about to lose your hope. And I don't know about you, but I felt like Peter sometimes. Sometimes in life it feels like you have all of these blessings that you're about to lose. Because the tension of life is real. The weight of everything you carry is too much. And everything is about to fall apart. And what's interesting about Peter is the Bible says that before Jesus even spoke to Peter, Jesus saw him washing his nets. And you see, the word washing in the Bible doesn't just mean to clean, it means to repair, to mend. So here's what's interesting about those nets. The same nets that Peter tried to fix himself was now breaking. The same net that Peter was trying to mend was failing him. And when I saw that, I thought about some of us here this morning in church. And maybe your life might be under so much pressure that you're at a breaking point. And your life is falling apart. But you're trying to repair it yourself. You're trying to mend it yourself. And like Peter, we try to fix a broken life that only God can fix. We try to fix a broken family that only God can fix. We try to break a broken marriage that only God can fix. And so many of us are trying to mend our lives. And we're trying to put things together. And we're trying to make it work. And we're trying to make it last. And we're trying to be happy. And we're trying to fix it. But what do you do when what you thought can fix your life fails you? What do you do when what you thought commends you? leaves you broken. So many people try to fix their nets with money. If I had more money, I would buy this, and if I buy that, I would be happier. But what do you do when you have the money, and you have the positions, and the possessions, and your life is still broken, and it's failed you? Some of you think it's a relationship that's going to mend your loneliness. It's a relationship that's going to make me happy if I can just meet her and find her and meet him and date him. And I, then I might have purpose. I just want to feel loved and be loved and be in love. A relationship's all I need. And I have seen so many people believe this lie that it's going to be a relationship that makes you happy. You get into it only to get your heart broken. Amen? What are you doing? What you thought mend you, fails you, People try to mend their lives with pleasure. I just want to feel something. So we induce the alcohol, the drugs, the addictions, the world, the entertainment, trying to feel something. I just want to feel peace. I just want to feel numb. I just want to feel happiness. But see, sometimes you might think it works for a while because those nets were fixed for a while until the pressure came. And we try to fix our lives ourselves. Can you imagine what Peter was, would have thought as he saw that net he tried to fix himself falling apart? And it's a sense of pride that we get in us to think we can fix our lives. I got this, I can change things, I can make things better. So many people like Peter. Are fixing things that only God can fix. What do you do when what you thought could mend you Means you broken? Psalm thirty-four eighteen says this: The Lord is close. To the broken heart. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Notice that the Bible says that out of our brokenness comes a crushed spirit. A crushed spirit means despair, sadness, hopelessness, And maybe the brokenness of your life has you feeling that despair. I have nowhere to turn. I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel lost. I feel broken. I feel alone. That's a crushed spirit. And I wonder this morning how many of you are carrying a crushed spirit. Because you thought that what would make you happy didn't work. What you try to fix yourself has failed. What do you do when your spirit has been crushed? And you feel as though there's no more options. I don't know what to do. It's interesting about Peter. As his nets were breaking, he didn't realize that Jesus was right with him. He's so focused on the broken net. He's trying to make it work. He's trying to get those fish on the boat. He's trying to say, if I can just get these fish on the boat, my life, my problems, everything is over, but the tension and the pressure and the weight, and I can't do it on my own. And the entire time, Jesus is in that boat watching. When I thought about this, and Lord, why didn't you do anything? Why didn't Jesus say, Peter, wait, let me just snap my fingers, and those fish will jump over into the boat. There's no need to struggle. There's no need to fight. Just trust me. Why didn't Peter just see Jesus reach over and grab the net and let me help you? Why didn't Jesus help? Does it ever feel like God is not helping you? Does it ever feel like God is just watching you struggle, watching you overburdened, watching the pressure of your life? He's watching you struggle and try to make it, trying to pay rent, trying to raise your kids, trying to make a marriage work, trying to get by through life, trying to pay the bill. I'm trying. I'm working. God, why aren't you doing anything? That's what I would have felt. Amen? And I prayed and I said, Lord, why didn't you help him? And I realized something. There's a lot of Peter in all of us. We're struggling. But we're stubborn. How many stubborn people go ahead? The stubborn, are, I'm not stubborn. Yeah, you are. Peter was so stubborn. Everyone seems to think that the first time Peter met Jesus was right there on the shore. It's not true. The book of John tells us that before this even happened, that Andrew met Jesus. And Andrew was Peter's brother. And the Bible says in the book of John that Andrew went to go show Peter Jesus. He went to Peter and said, Hey, let me invite you. Come over. I want you to find, look at me, Jesus. And Peter met Jesus. And Jesus says, One day you're going to be changed. One day I'm going to change your life. One day you're going to be called not Simon, but Peter. So Jesus actually told him, I'm going to change your life one day. And nothing else happened. Peter didn't say, Okay, Lord, I'll follow you now. You know what Peter did? Nothing. Went back to fishing. The second time, Jesus went to Peter's house. His mother-in-law was sick and dying, and Jesus healed her. And Peter did nothing. But the third time, Jesus was sitting on his boat preaching a sermon. And everyone was crowding, trying to get to him, trying to be healed. And what did Peter do? Guess what? Nothing. I realized something. Can I preach this morning? Sometimes an invitation is not going to change your life. Some of you were invited today because of free food. It's not going to change your life. You'll go back to your life. Sometimes it's not an invitation that changes your life. Jesus Himself does a miracle in Peter's own home. Doesn't matter. Sometimes, if God Himself can show you a miracle, but you're so stubborn, you go back to your life. Sometimes, a sermon, like I'm preaching right now, is going to be preached right to you. Jesus Himself was preaching a sermon. Who better to preach than Jesus? Amen? And it did nothing. Because some of you are going to hear this sermon and it does nothing to you. Do you know what Jesus says? The invitation didn't work. The miracle didn't work. The sermon didn't work. Let's put the pressure on him, boy. Let's make Peter go through one of the worst nights of his life. Let's let Peter go through a desperate situation. Let Peter just go down to nothing. Maybe I'll get his attention. Because sometimes what we'll gets your attention with Jesus is he allows you to reach a breaking point. A point of despair where everything is just falling apart. And Jesus is standing right there. He's saying, will you trust me now? But Peter didn't ask the Lord for help. To answer this question, why didn't Jesus help him? Because Peter never asked. And I wonder how many of you are going through that breaking point, that pressure in life, and you're falling apart, and Jesus stands right in front of you, but you just don't call out to Him. In fact, He's so stubborn. Look at verse 7. The Bible says, So they they signaled their partners in the other boats to come and what? Help. The, Peter was... Struggling, his nets were about to break. He's in agony. He's in pain. He said, like, "I can't do this on my own. I need help. I need help. I really need help." And Jesus, is like, "I'm right here. Just call out to me." And he said, "Hey, boys, boys, come here." And doesn't even pay attention to Jesus. He's signaling for help, but to the wrong people. And every time I see this broken world, I see a signal for help and a cry for help in anyone and everyone, but we cry out to the wrong people for help. If you've lost joy in your life, it's a signal for help. If you're living a life of shame and guilt, it's a signal for help. If you have uncontrollable anger and rage, it's a signal that you need help. If you're living with depression and worry and addiction and you feel like quitting in life, it's a signal for help. If you have thoughts of suicide, it's a signal for help. If you're hopeless and hurting and lonely and empty and your family and your life is falling apart, it's a separate signal for help. we go to other things and we go to other people. Look at verse 7 with me, what happens. Peter signals, I can't do this on my own. This is too much for me. This is too heavy for me. I can't take the pressure. I'm about to lose myself. I'm about to lose my mind. I'm about to lose my income, my fish, my business, my livelihood. I'm falling apart. I can't handle this anymore. Guys, I need your help. And everyone comes. We're going to help you. Let's go, bro. Let's do this. And what happens? He signals for his partners to help. They come and help them. They filled the boat with fish. And the boat began to uh, sink. So Peter has just gone from a broken net to a sinking ship. And now his problems is not the net anymore. It's the fact that his whole boat is going under. And I wonder how many of you are just going to the wrong things and the wrong people for help when Jesus is right there in front of you. But you're going under, And things are just getting worse. And Peter is about to lose everything. And you know how many people I need That Jesus just gives them the opportunity through invitation. He gives them an opportunity through a message that's preached. He gives them an opportunity through miracles that he does. And they're just so stubborn and keep going through everything else. But Jesus, you go to your friends for help. You go to a relationship for help. You go to drugs for help and this world for help. And everything just continues to fall apart that now you're just going under. But here's what's interesting about this passage. In verse 8, Peter makes it to shore. What I was thinking is that Peter never asked Jesus for help, but he made it to shore. He said, well, pastor, are you saying that? I don't need Jesus' help. I can make it. No, it's not what I'm saying. Because listen. Peter made it to shore. The Bible says when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. And he said, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. And when I read that, I realized that Peter makes it to shore. Why didn't he go under? Why didn't the whole ship just go under? Why didn't Peter just lose everything? Was it by chance? Was it by skill? Was it by luck? No. The reason that Peter did not go under is because Jesus had more for his life. The reason that Peter did not sink and die is because Jesus had a plan for his life and a purpose. When I read that, I thought about my church. There are some people in this church that should have been under. The one that just said amen, I'm going to use an example. You mind? This guy should be six feet underground. I right, stand up for a second. This is Adi, everyone. Hi, right. Thank you. And I spoke to Adi a few Wednesdays ago. And he tells me his testimony. The only thing on my mind is, why and how are you alone? Oh, he had so much drugs in his body that no one could survive. But God had a plan for your life on it. Amen. Thank you. See, a lot of us don't realize that the reason you haven't gone under is not because you're strong and I got through it on my own. No, the reason that you did not go under is because there is a God that has grace over your life. He has a plan over your life and he allowed you to live because he has more in store for you. That's why you survived. You should not have survived the 70s. You should not have survived the 80s. You should not have survived the car crash, the drug overdose, the drunken parties, everything you've gone through. You say, man, how did I ever make it? Because there is a God. And He has a plan for your life. If there's anything to be thankful for this year, it's God still has you, for You should have gone under. For God's grace. It should have been over for you, Peter. For God's grace. And Peter, when you got that invitation to come meet me and you just didn't care, I still loved you. And when I did those miracles in your life and you still didn't follow me, I still loved you. And when I preached that sermon, I was preaching to you, and you still walked out on me. Well, Peter, I didn't give up. Maybe you're here, and God's been giving you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. And He's kept you afloat because Jesus has a plan for your life. And the biggest plan that Jesus has for your life is to save you from sin. The biggest opportunity you ever have is to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. And I want to close with this because it's important that we understand this. The Bible says in verse 8 that when Peter made it to shore, Simon Peter saw this and he fell. At Jesus' knees. He fell at Jesus' knees. And he said, Go away from me. Now, this time it's different. Peter is not saying go away from me because he's stubborn. He didn't say, Go away from me, I gotta sell these fish. Go away from me. I got a business to run. Go away from me. I got to make more money. Go away from me, Jesus. I have all these customers I want to eat. Go away from me, Jesus. I don't have time for this ministry stuff and church stuff and Jesus stuff. Go away from me. That is not the type of going away. Peter told Jesus. Peter told Jesus, go away. For the same reason many of us tell Jesus to go away. Guilt, and shame. And he tells Jesus, go away from me. Because I'm sinning. And at that moment, Peter recognizes that he's a sinner. And he falls at the feet of Jesus and confesses, that he's a sinner. He doesn't deserve the love and the grace and the savor, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. But he doesn't know that Jesus has more for his God. And you know that Jesus doesn't say, Peter, don't say that. Peter, you're not that bad. Peter, you're still kind of good. Peter, you're still a hard work. No. Jesus says, from now on, you will follow me. And what you did tonight with these fish, you're going to do for other people. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to use you to change the lives of other people. But I've got to change you first. See, today, you might feel like God has handed you a bitter fruit. And Peter didn't realize that that night of bitterness, the night of bad fishing, and the struggle he was going through, was about to turn orange. It was about to turn and be amazing. And everything you've gone through has led you up to this point. And the reason you've stayed afloat this long is because Jesus loves you and in his grace has a plan for your life. And that Jesus Christ, he died on the cross for your sin. So like Peter, you can say, Lord, I'm a sinner. All of us are. All of us deserve, all of us deserve punishment." All of us deserve to die without the Lord. All of us deserve help. But Jesus in his love and mercy died on the cross for you and for me and for all of us. So the Bible says, whoever believes in me will not perish but be saved. But like Peter, you have to fall on your knees and surrender to Jesus. And confess and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. And at that moment, Peter surrendered his life to Jesus. And he wasn't perfect. But he was changed. He was never the same again. And Peter realized. I had so many opportunities. When my brother invited me and I said, okay, whatever. And when he healed my mother-in-law and Jesus, you were showing me that you were powerful, but I ignored you. And Lord, when you were preaching that sermon, I was so busy and tired from working online. I was so caught up in everything else. I wasn't even paying attention. But Lord, when I was down, when I was broken under so much pressure and tension, and even then I ignored you and I trusted in my friends and I trusted in people, but Lord, you still pursue me because the Lord will still pursue you no matter who you are no matter what you've done no matter how sinful you think you're so sinful God can never use you then you don't know Jesus if you would just surrender your life to Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sin. He can turn your life in such a way that not only will your sins be forgiven, not only will you be saved like Peter, but you will be used for the kingdom of God and you will be an influence to other people that are broken just like you. So well, if you're here this morning, I want to extend this invitation. For anyone that said, I've just been pushing Jesus away. I've been busy in my own life. I've been cut up in my own ways. But pastor, I feel like I can't take this net anymore. Pastor, I'm falling apart. Under the pressure and the brokenness of my life. I've tried to mend it myself with other things. It didn't work. I tried to fix it with other pleasures. It didn't work. I tried to fix it with going to other people for help, but it didn't help me because they were going under like me. But today, you can surrender your life to Jesus. Make Him the Lord of your life. Follow Him. Live for Him. Watch him He begins to transform you from the inside out. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for a God that says, I will never get away from You can push me away, but I will still be right there in your boat. And I will let you struggle. I will let you fight. I will let you hurt. I will watch you go to other things and other people to fulfill what only I can fulfill. But in the end, when you're tired, empty, Lost, broken, discouraged, depressed, isolated, hurting. I'll be there. Come on, give God's grace this. I'll be there. And Peter just gets on his knees. And Peter says, I'm too sinful. And I think Jesus, in my mindset, he said, Peter, that's why I want you. Because when people see what I do in your life, they're going to know that I'm God. With every head bowed and every eye closed for Lord. Maybe it feels like God handed you a bitter fruit, but God can turn things around and change it into something amazing. And the real miracle that day was not the fish he caught, because fish get eaten, fish get rotten, fish get thrown away. The real miracle that day was a sinful man that found Jesus Christ who repented of his sins and was used by God to change the world because Jesus had more for Peter's life. And I'm preaching to anyone this morning that says, God, I'm talking God, I've gone to other things that have left me broken. Money hasn't worked, relationship hasn't worked, pleasure hasn't worked, possessions have not worked. And even then I go to people for help but they're going under like me. But they're Jesus. The question is, will you continue to push him away? Or will you once and for all surrender to you? Because he is willing and able to forgive you of any past you have, any shame that you carry, every sin that you right now are carrying. And he will change your life. And it's an invitation, it is great. None of us deserve it. So if you're here today and you're saying, God, I feel like I'm too sinful. I'm too bad to be loved by you. I've hurt so many people. I've done so many things. And I just feel like I can no longer be influenced or used by you. Let this passage be a reminder to you that even Peter thought he was too sinful to be loved and used by God. And even then, but Jesus still called me. And the Lord is calling me this morning. Will you stop struggling in this life? Trying to fix yourself when only God can fix you. Trying to fix your life when only God can repair you. Will you stop running to things that are only going to bring you more brokenness and get you more under than before? And when you once and for all trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Let me pray for you, Father, open the heart of the people here today that feel like Peter. They're too lost, or too shameful, they can't be healed. And church, if you're here this morning, this is you. Right where you're at, would you put that hand up and say, Pastor, this is me, God bless you. In your hand as well. Yours as well, yours as well, yours as well, all of you there, and all of you there as well. All of you, the Lord sees you right now. Today is the day the Bible says, is Salvation. No matter how sinful or stubborn like Peter, he might have been when you confess before the Lord that you are a sinner and ask him to forgive you and save you, you will right here on your side let's all stand to your feet I want to pray for everyone here today that raised their hands and I'd like to meet you after service. if you're one of those that raised your hands and Jesus Christ the Lord of your life i see you right after service. I'd love to talk to you pray this with you from your heart Like Peter said, to say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I'm shameful of who I am. I'm ashamed of what I've done. And Lord, I am dealing with a broken heart. But I believe Jesus. That you are the Son of God. That you died on the cross for my sins. And that you can mend me like nothing else. So today, you say, Lord, I forgive. You. Forgive me. Forgive me. As I follow you all the days in Jesus' name, amen, amen, on, give God some praise today, amen, amen, you guys can have a seat as we go into this message this morning, I want to remind you guys, whoever you are, I'd like to meet you after service with this is community, Pastor, I prayed that prayer with you, you may not have a home church, that's okay, you're always welcome to be a part of this church. Or any other church, but find yourself a good Bible believing church and start following the Lord Jesus Christ.